How's everybody? Sweet. So we're starting a new series next week called The Grudge. Um, one of the things as I was praying for our church and praying over what God would have us here starting off this new year, uh, a lot of times people look at the new year as a fresh start, a way of looking, looking at life in a new way. And one of the biggest ways I thought we could start off as a church is how about we deal with forgiveness? Um, how about we deal with uh, not only forgiving ourselves, and we'll talk about what that means to forgive ourselves, forgiving others, forgiving people for minor offenses, forgiving people for big offenses, what Scripture has to say about it. But there's also a piece in there, too, that we're going to talk about. It's called forgiving God. Now, before you all get upset, God doesn't need our forgiveness. But there are things in our lives that happen that we feel like God sometimes could have acted differently with. And so one week we're going to look at what that looks like in our lives and how do we deal with those moments in life when we feel like God has wronged us, and yet how do we still trust them in that? And so I'm looking forward to that piece next week. I encourage you guys to come back. Uh, we're four weeks in uh, the series on dealing with forgiveness and how we let some things go in our lives so that we can live in true freedom. And so join me here next week for that. Uh, today is going to be a little different. And one of the things that I always like to do at the end of the year, and maybe you do as well, is I like to look back over the past year, and I like to see how, how I'm doing. How I'm doing as a husband, how I'm doing as a father, how I'm doing as a, a friend, how I'm doing as um, just me, as a counselor, as whoever God has me be in, uh, and so those particular pieces. But one of the things I want to do as a church is I want to look at how we're doing as a church. Um, and so this is called the state of the church. And basically it's this. God has given us a, a unique calling as a church, I believe. And, and with that, I want to look at that particular piece. So if you're new with us today, this is going to be a little bit different than other messages uh, because we're going to look at some just simple things that have, we've accomplished this past year. But at the same time, we're going to go back to what our vision is as a church. So if you're not familiar with that, you'll get introduced to what our church is all about and so that you'll be able to better understand what we do and why we do it and why we exist as a church body. And so uh, if you've got your Bibles with me, go to John 8, John chapter 8. If you don't have your Bibles or if you, your devices or wherever you read Scripture from, don't worry. It'll be here on the screen. Um, one of the things that happened when we first started LightPoint Church was uh, a Scripture came to light. A Scripture came into being and a Scripture really just popped out to me. And this Scripture that popped out to me was John 8:12. If you go and look in John chapter 8, you see the, the famous story of the adulterous woman. And if you don't know about this particular story, it's this. A woman was caught in adultery, and some religious people who like to point out what everybody does right and wrong brought this woman to Jesus to, cut, to catch Jesus in something. And they wanted to see how he responded because the law said if you catch someone in adultery, you, ha you can stone them, basically kill them. And so with that piece, Jesus responded in a whole new way. And I love this story so much because when I look at my own life, one, I know that a couple of things are true. One, I am a sinner amongst sinners. I mess up. I screw up. I make stupid decisions. I yell at my kids when I shouldn't. I treat my wife poorly when I shouldn't. I treat other people poorly. I have thoughts that I would be afraid to tell you about. Um, let's just say that I am messed up, all right? And so knowing that and knowing that if all this was brought to light, that um, I would feel there's a good possibility that, like a lot of us, if we actually let our true self be known, uh, would, there would be some shame in that. And just like this adulterous woman, we live in a world where people are caught up in those things that they're afraid to let out. 
And when we started LifePoint Church, the number one thing I said is I want to be a church that's real. I want to be a church that it's okay to make mistakes. Jason, it's okay to be offbeat. No, we're good. Nope. Um, that's one of the pieces that, that I love about our church is we can be real. We can make mistakes and we can, and, and as your pastor, I don't always get it right and it's okay. Um, we, we live in a place of forgiveness and of grace and that's what I love about our church. And so we see this story of this adulterous woman and when she had an encounter with Jesus, he didn't condemn her. He didn't throw a stone. Matter of fact, he told the, he kind of called the religious people out and said, well, if you're sinless, go ahead and cast that first one. And one by one, they walked away. And we get to this verse, and this is a verse that I hold on to. This is the verse that I, I, I look at our church and say, are we doing what we've been called to do? So John eight twelve reads this. There was a crowd around, and Jesus said again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, I used to get caught up in just this one verse, and I forget that after you read a verse like this, there's something more after it. There's something more after it. So let's look at what comes after. It says this. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. And the law said this, that in order for your testimony, in order for your word to be true, there had to be more than one witness. So in other words, if I were to tell you something, Chad, and I were to share something with you, in order for it to be true, someone else would have to come along and say that it was true. So in other words, like when our kids, they come up and they say, do you know that Josh comes up? They're being mean to me, right? I get this. You're being mean to me. So then I go to Noel, are y'all being mean? No, we're not being mean. Chad, I'd look at a little Chad, are you guys being mean to your brother? No, we're not being mean. So I look at Josh and said, apparently your testimony is not true, buddy. <laughs> when in reality, I know he's the only one that tells me the truth. <laughs> but we get this encounter. That's was the piece. We're always looking for evidence and things. We're always looking for whether or not something's true. We're always looking for that one piece that's going to take away the doubt that we all carry. Right. And so we get this particular piece where he says, so the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. In other words, Jesus is telling them what he's about and what he came to do and the power that he has and that he brings to it. And, he, and then they said, your testimony is not true. So the first thing we see is that the doubt was in the Pharisees. And if we're all honest, we all have moments of doubt where we don't necessarily believe everything Scripture says. Or we don't necessarily believe everything we hear about Jesus. We don't necessarily believe that he has the power he has. We don't believe that he's the healer or the comforter. We don't believe that he can, he can uh, come in and, and walk with us and strengthen us. See, we have these moments of doubt about who he is. And yet the reality of it is, is regardless of whether we choose to believe it, he's still Jesus. And that doesn't change. So we get to this point, you go on, and he says, Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. In other words, Jesus says, I don't really care about your doubt. That's not going to change whether I'm true or not. That's not going to change who I am. And so he goes on and, and, he, and he moves through this, for I know where I came from and where I am going. I love this. He goes, I know where I came from and where I am going. And I sat there and I looked at the past year. We celebrated three years as a church, January 1st, by the way. Pretty excited about that. Yep. And so... I know where I came from. I know the past three years. 
And then that's the other piece here is, is I, and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. And, and so this whole piece that Jesus is saying, listen, you don't know everything. There's more to my story than what you realize. And so he gets on and he says this, you judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. And so here's the thing, we, and then yet he says, yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. I want to talk about this judge piece. See, the thing is, is this, is that there's a measuring stick that a lot of us carry. If you think about it, a lot of us, we look at somebody and we think we try to figure out whether they measure up to our standard. We look at it and we'll say, well, you're, you know, you're not so good. I don't want to hang out with you. Or, you know what, you're, you're, we, we start doing this, this game piece. And see, Jesus had an opportunity to judge the adulterous woman what he chose to do. He chose to look at her through his father's eyes with love and compassion. See, our standard, our earthly standard doesn't match up with God's standard. And he says, I have the right to judge, but I don't. Because I'm looking at your heart. And I'm looking at what the motive is. And I'm looking at what's going on there versus all this other stuff. And he goes on and, and, he, and he told him, look, you're looking at the wrong things. And I think if we look at life, sometimes we look at other people in the wrong way. He goes 15, you judge according to the flesh, and I judge no one, yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. And he goes in, he says, listen, I don't need anybody else to tell me who I am, because the Father has already declared who I am. Here's a simple truth I want you to understand. It doesn't matter what anybody else says about you. You're a child of God. You have the opportunity to belong to the Father. And it doesn't matter what any coach, it doesn't matter what any teacher, it doesn't matter what any parent, it doesn't matter what any authority figure, boss, whatever has said, how you're incompetent or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't carry any weight. What matters is what the Father says about you. And the Father loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to rescue us. To break us free from bondage so that we could live in the light. And that's what matters. And they said to him, therefore, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. And basically what he's saying, listen, if you come to know me as your Savior, your relationship with the Father will be restored. And so I'm looking at this passage as I look back on this past year, and I ask the question, how did Lightpoint Church do? And so here as we open up today, just kind of some highlights from this past year to kind of give you an idea. Um, where we at? But before we get there, here's what I want us to understand about this passage: the light that Jesus talks about. There was very common within the temple that they'd have lampstands and they would go and they would light the lamps at night. And these lamps at night would do what? They would illuminate. They would bring light on everything. And underneath these lampstands, they would celebrate. Now, what would they celebrate? The Jewish people are always good about, very good about celebrating what God has done. They do. They have festivals. They have all these different things, times that they take to remember 
what God has done. And so they would light these lampstands and they would have a celebration. And so I look at today more as a celebration of everything that God has done at our church. And so as we look at this, one of the pieces that they did was this. They would light this thing, and the light, the light would represent three things. The light would represent God's presence. Because anywhere you look in Scripture, you see the light. And what happens was is God would use light to guide his people. It would represent his presence among the people. The second thing it would do is it, would, it also represented deliverance from bondage. If I'm stuck in darkness and I cannot see where I'm going, I stay, usually I, I stay trapped. I don't move. Because what happens if I move? I bump into things, I get hurt, I may hurt someone else. So the light represents a deliverance. And the third thing that the light represents is a, is a revelation. And so when we think about this word, or this passage, when it says, again, Jesus spoke to them, I am, I am the light of the world. I'm the one that represents God's presence in your life. I'm the one that brings deliverance for your, from your bondage. And I'm the one that's going to bring about revelation for your life, a purpose. I'm going to show you what I have in store for your life. And so he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, whoever chooses to follow me, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In other words, your life will illuminate around you. And you'll light up anywhere you go because of what Jesus has done in here. And so we came to the point of calling our church Light Point Church. With the vision of being a unified church, with a vision of being a unified church that shines the light of Jesus into a dark and hurting world. Our mission is to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. And so we look at that and we, we go about making disciples. And I know disciples is a church word, but here's what it means for us. We're going to do life together. And as we do life together, we'll have tough conversations and we'll have times of joy and of celebrating things that are going on. And we'll do these types of things together. We'll get together and meet regularly. And, and, and when someone's sick, we'll look out for them and we'll check in on them. When someone's hurting, we'll, we'll care for them. When someone's having a great day, we'll celebrate with them. When we make disciples, we do exactly what Jesus did, which is he spent time with people. And even in those conversations, any of those times together, guess what we'll do? We'll figure out how Scripture applies to our life and how we can use it to live, to live our lives for Jesus. We make disciples who live and love like Jesus. And then thirdly, what we do is we, how we carry that out is our first thing is we're going to figure out what it means to follow Jesus with all our heart. Whereas we follow Jesus, we're going to get plugged into a group. That's why groups are so important here at LightPoint. And we're going to grow in Jesus. We're going to figure out what Scripture says. We're going to dive into Scripture. We're going to unpack it. We're going to dive into Scripture on Sunday mornings. And we'll take it back to our groups and dive into it even more. And then the, lastly is this, is not only once we follow, once we grow, but then we're going to take it and we're going to walk with somebody else and lead like Jesus. And so we come down to there. And so this is how we measure our church. So this is what we look at as our measuring stick on how did we do. And so here's how we did, looking back at 2019. The first thing when you look at Matthew 28, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them. And in this, so the first thing he says is go. So how did we do? Did we go? Let's, let's look at this. Here we go. First thing we did last year is we did a skating party. And we put together a skating party. And in this skating party, don't hit it yet. In this skating party, we um, were told by the, the skating rink that said, you have too many people here. You're going to have to rent it out privately next time.
And so here's what we do. We say we're going to do a skating party. Here's what we do. If you coach a team, if you're involved in the community, if you're involved with anybody, just start inviting people. And we pay for the skating. We pay for pizza. And we pay for Pepsi or whatever they offer. I forget what it is. Right? And we just bring them. And it's amazing how God uses that to build relationships. So we had a skating. The second thing was um, one of my favorite things we did this past week, this past year is called the Be the Light Weekend. And so with yes, so we had we had the opportunity over one weekend to pour into our community, and we jumped on it. We partnered with the PTOs at both McCormick and Boyd, and we said, how can we be helpful? And they had two events, and we said, we'll provide bounce houses, and we'll man the concession stand and get uh, cotton candy in our hair and all that good stuff. So over 50 people from our church stepped up and poured into our community that weekend. And through it, we were able to represent Jesus and Light Point Church in a way that we haven't done so in the past. Over that, we said on a Sunday morning, whatever's given on that Sunday morning, uh, we are going to use and give to Feed Our Flock, which is one of the organizations within Milford that provides food for those that are less fortunate. And so we took a Sunday's worth of giving and took a check over to them and said, here you go. And through that, because of you guys, because you guys were willing to serve, because you guys are willing to give, because you guys are willing to do what God has called us to do, which is go, we were able to be the light. Not only that, with Digby Coffee. We were, this past year, through a couple weekends, we were able to do over 700 cups of coffee given out to our community. There's just no strings attached. Just here you go. We love you. And with that, if you talk to both Dustin and Amy, They'll say that that has changed their, their, their being. It's changed them and their outlook on life. And so we were able to partner with a local business and see God move because of what you guys do, because we follow what God has said. So be the light weekend. was huge. The next one is this. Is, uh, we had a harvest celebration. So we had a busy fall, and I, and I know that it was a lot, but it was, it was huge because here's what happened. The, the following weekend after the Be the Light, we had a harvest celebration, and, and um, we just kind of invited over 1,500 people. We sat there, and we had a group together, and we said, you know, we need to do something more with our harvest celebration. So we called up Mr. Softy and brought in Mr. Softy. And so we had a ton of ice cream go out. Not only that, then we said we need some barbecue. Because normally what we do is a chili cook-off and a pie contest, which is great. But we upped the game and said, we're going to bring in some barbecue. So we brought in some barbecue, and we fed, and we, we had a good time, and we had, had probably about 150 from the community come to that, and it was great. The pictures don't show it. There wasn't a lot of other people, a lot of church people, but that's okay because what we found is that at a certain point we had a lot of people from our community come, and it was huge. And so thank you. Again, because you guys respond to what Jesus is telling you to do, we're able to be a light in our community. The third thing, another thing that we've done this past year is Jocelyn has taken on the Discovery Club here at um, McCormick Elementary School, which is an opportunity for kids to come and hang out after school and learn about Jesus. And um, so that was huge. Uh, I'll say too, um, and I'll say it again in a little bit, she's looking for help. So if that's something you're looking to, to that maybe you might be interested in, come talk to her. At the end of our series in October, I did a pour-out challenge to you guys. I said, we're going to be a church that pours out. We're not going to be a church that holds on to anything. We're not going to be a church that, that sits there and just keeps grabbing and grabbing. But we're going to be a church that as God pours into us, we pour out. And dang it if you guys haven't done it. 
Over the, the holidays, we were able to provide 21 meals to families within our community. We had so many of you step up that uh, Cindy and Dale actually had to say, we don't need you. That's awesome. We had, uh, had these gloves out there, and you guys stepped up in a huge way, and were able to provide over 110 gifts to families within our community, all because we love Jesus. And then we had a great group that went and sang to some older elderly people over here next door to us, which was awesome. Um, again, as we continue to go and as we continue to look at what God has called us to, um, this past year was a year that we went. Not only that, with Feed Our Flock this past year, as we looked at the end of the year budget, we realized that as you guys were poured into by God, you poured out and you gave to this church. And because you gave to the church, we were able to write, take $15,000 at the end of the year, and we were able to divide it up and give it to people, not people, but give it to organizations. And so here's how we broke it up. We gave $3,000 to Feed Our Flock. I said, we believe in what you're doing. We want to partner with you. And we gave 3000 So we, we partner with a, a, a group in uh, Georgia, Excel. And you guys, if you've been here a while, you've seen Nick come. And, you know, if, if you've heard Nick's story or if you follow him on, online or any of that stuff, Nick is a guy that's mentoring troubled youth in Georgia area, Savannah area, and does a phenomenal job. And so we said, you know what, at the end of the year, we're going to cut you a check for three grand and send 3000 to him. We partner with an uh, uh, organization in Panama, and at the end of the year, we took a trip this year to Panama. Chris led a great uh, group that went to Panama and was able to teach and able to do some amazing things there, and we were able to send 3000 3, extra to them. This year, we decided we're going to partner with Milford Miami Ministry, and so we started that, that partnership where we're able to partner with them, and Milford Miami Ministry uh, provides for the needs of those in need within our community. And so it just made sense to do that partnership. Last, the last two, there's an organization in Hamilton that we've had a relationship with over a while for a, for a little bit of time and done some work projects with them. And what they do is they, they take care of foster families. Um, their big thing is how do we help sustain foster families because being a foster parent is and so this organization, they partner with them, they support them, they do all this. And so we were able to, to do another $3,000 to them as well. Lastly, there's a group that Julie and I were blessed enough to go to Israel with, with our expenses paid. Um, and because of some generosity from the church, we didn't pay a single dime. And so thank you. So in response to that, we said we are going to cut a check to Behold Israel for 3000 as well as a thank you. And so all of this is because of your guys' generosity. And we can clap about that. So when I look at how we went this year, I would say we went. And I am so proud to be your pastor. Because when I asked you to step up, you stepped up. When I asked you to go, you went. When I asked you to join me, you came. And we were able to shine the light of Jesus into our community. Next piece, making disciples. This past year, we started with seven groups. The beginning of 2019, we started with seven groups. By the end of 2019, we were at nine groups that are growing with 68% of our church that are plugged into groups, which is awesome. Uh, we were able to work out our social covenant, which is our agreement. Between us and how we relate to one another, we were able to utilize that multiple times throughout the year and hold true to that in dealing with conflict and bringing out a healthy resolution.
I won't give you the specifics because we don't have to go there. All right. Last thing is it says, or next it says baptize. How do we do in baptism? So with this, we were able to do see six baptisms, six people that stepped out and publicly proclaimed the faith in Jesus and taken it. Teaching. This past year, um, I looked at teaching and I looked at ministry. And I looked at how many people have stepped up and started doing ministry here at LifePoint. There's a rule in churches that says that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 20% of the people of the church serve. 20% of the people give. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's not true here. People have stepped up, been encouraged to step up, lead. Um, Story after story I could give you of people who said, you know what, I'm uncomfortable with this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And 80% of our church serves in one way, capacity or not, whether it's picking a chair, whether it's watching kids, whatever it is, 80% of our church serves. And that's awesome. Time after time, lives and families are changed at LightPoint. When someone asks me, Chad, what's your big vision for LightPoint? My, my big vision for LightPoint is one person at a time, one family at a time. Because I want to see God change our community. And so we'll continue to pour out. We'll continue to make disciples that live in love like Jesus. And we'll continue to be a unified church that shines the light of Jesus into a dark and hurting world. Lastly, one of the things we can celebrate is this, is, our fi- is the financial situation. In 2019, we asked God for a budget. We budgeted 200, about $200,000. We budgeted. And by the end of 2000, and Dad, I kind of guessed on this, so, um, but I think I got it pretty right, even with my pastor math. Given in 2019 is $252,000. $837. Am I close? Thank you. 70. Okay. Um, again, 20% give 80%. 74% of our church gives. Seventy-four percent say, "You know what? I, I've been blessed, and I'm going to pour out." Now, I got to be clear on this one. If you're like Chad, I'm in a tough financial situation. I just can't give right now. I love you, and that's okay. There are seasons when we're not able to do, and that is all right. Okay. In uh, October, we did our first future home fund. Our first future home fund, we, did, we, we said, you know what, uh, we know that God has a place for us and, a, and a, a place for us to land. And in that, I know he has something for us, but what does that look like? And as your pastor, and I said, I don't want to go into debt. So I threw it out to you guys. Let's start this fund and see what God does. And so after the end of that commitment Sunday and the end of October, I believe it was, uh, we had $58,000 committed. And to date, um, we have 39,256 of that given already. See, when God moves, 
something happens. See, when you're doing what God's called you to do, He brings about something new. He reveals Himself in some powerful ways. See, when you live out what He's called, and you stay true to that, He shows up in huge ways. And so, Father, we give you praise for all that you've done in 2019. Lord, for allowing us to be a church that goes, for allowing us to be a church that baptizes, for allowing us to be a church that gets people plugged into ministry, that teaches your word. We we thank you, Father, that you have your hand on us and that you continue to guide us. And, Lord, we give you all the praise and glory for everything that has happened this past year. Lord, so that we can look back and say, you have us. So we thank you for that. Lord, as we look forward to 2020, may you guide each step. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So where are we going for two? Y'all thought I was done. No. Where are we going in 2020? Where are we going in 2020? Here's where we're going. We're going to continue to be a unified church that shines the light of Jesus into a dark and hurting world. We're not going to lose our vision. We're not going to get off track. We're going to stay true to what he has called us to. We're going to continue to make disciples that live and love like Jesus. One life at a time, one family at a time. And so with that, if you're not involved in a group, get involved in a group. Hey, and it doesn't matter if you only show up when you can to a group because a true group will just love you no matter what. And so whatever that looks like for you, Get involved in a group. There's nothing like having other people around you to support you, to encourage you, and pray with you. So as a church, we will continue to pour out. We'll continue to be a church that pours out by loving our church family, through by getting people involved in groups and seeing that our groups grow, by allowing for opportunities to serve and getting people opportunities to serve within our church, to care for the vulnerable in our church, for those that are struggling, for those that that are in need, we're going to continue. And I know there are more stories than I have heard of of people who have stepped up and simply cared for people in our church. And I don't get to hear all of them, and I'm okay with that. But this past year, we got the love on a family in our church, and we a bunch of men went over to their house and did some landscaping and did some work, and it was great. I even got to use a chainsaw. <laughs> I can't believe they let me do that. Anyway. So we were able to do that, and I know there's more and more stories that I don't hear about of that particular piece going on. We'll continue to pray and pursue opportunities for a church home. Um, we'll continue to uphold our social covenant, and we'll continue to shepherd our people like God's called us to. So how will we be a light into our community? Um, this is something I'm excited about. Starting in 2020, we're partnering with McCormick and Boyd. Uh, through Feed Our Flock, and they're doing these mobile food pantries. They're having cabinets both here and at Boyd. And I met with Dale, one of our elders this week, and he's looking forward to when we can pick up a third school, but we won't get there just yet. So this year, with Boyd E. Smith and McCormick, uh, our church is going to provide all the food that goes into those pantries. And I say this to bring this up. Um, There are a few women that uh, are actually plugged into those schools, that are going to help with this, but here's it should not fall on them. And so if you're interested in helping out with that, and you can go shopping, and you can do those types of things, you can come in here and check a pantry and those types of things. Uh, at Boydy Smith, I know Kate. Kate, will you raise me? She's kind of said, I'll take on that. And then Karen Haywood, who's not here today, 
um, is one that's going to take on McCormick. But they need your help. It shouldn't just fall on them. And so if God just bumps you right there and says, I want to be a part of it, jump on that. So we get, we get to do that. Uh, we're going to continue to partner with Bigby and just provide free coffee at no strings attached to our community. We're going to continue to partner with school, our schools and with our PTO and provide opportunities to shine the light there. Um, we've got a skating party coming up. Where's Cindy at? Thank you. We'll get a date later, right? Saturday, March the 14th. Okay, write that down. And here's if you are a coach or if you do any of that kind of stuff and plugged into the community, invite your teams. Invite your teams to those. Or if you, any way you're plugged in. Jocelyn is still leading the Discovery Club this year, but is looking for help and wants some people to come along. So if you like kids and working with kids, it's on what day? Tuesdays after school. So if that's any interest to pour into those kids, come and talk to Jocelyn. In our harvest celebration for 2021, we're going to come up with a better name. But we're going big this year. More people invited, more people coming, better food. We're going to stick with Mr. Softy because I love it. Anyway, um, and then we're going to have more opportunities for Be the Light Weekend. And so just pay attention to those. And as those opportunities come, even if you can give an hour, even if you can give a couple hours, just show up. Lastly, our finances for 2020 is here's what we're asking God for. We're asking God for $224,000 is what we're budgeting. And we're trusting him. And so with this is this as a church. Um, we're going to continue to pursue what God has. But most importantly, we're going to continue to trust. One of our core values here at Light Point Church is to trust the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's leading. So we'll be a church that trusts the Holy Spirit's leading, praying for, being open to, and pursuing new opportunities that will allow us to shine the light of Jesus into a dark and hurting world. And with all this, we give praise to a God that loves us, and we trust a God that has met us every step of the way, and he never fails us. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for allowing us to be a part of a church that loves you above all else. And Lord, because we love you, we're a church that goes out and we're a church that pours out and we're a church that loves each other. Lord, your word says very clearly that people will know who we belong to by the way we love one another. And Lord, I thank you for allowing me uh, this opportunity to love people around me, to care for people around me, to walk with people around me. Lord, but more importantly, to point people to you because your son came to be the light of the world. And the promise is this, that he is the light of the world. And if we follow him, we'll come out of darkness and experience the light of life. And as we experience the light of life, Lord, what we'll experience is that we'll experience your presence, we'll experience your deliverance, and we'll experience your revelation. Lord, you have a plan for each of our lives. And I pray, Father, that you reveal that to us. Lord, that you draw us close to us and that our relationship with you is restored. And Lord, all of this we place in your hands and we trust that you will continue to guide, that you'll continue to meet. And we give you praise for what you did in 2019. But Lord, I look so forward to 2020. And what you're going to do in my life and the life of this church. We love you and we praise you.
And all this, Lord, we ask that you would glorify because this is all about you. The God that loves, the God that meets us, the God that sustains us, the God that heals, the God that brings comfort, the God that strengthens us. Lord, meet us right where we're at. Help us to walk closely with you. We ask all this in Christ's name.